Okay, we're back. We're back. This is Deidre. And Kira. And this week, uh, we are reviewing Black Panther. The Black <laughs> Panther. I don't know how you said it. The Black Panther. So we're really kind of late with this review. We did see the movie opening weekend. We're just getting... Uh, we're just now getting around to doing this review, so yeah. forgive us. Yeah, we're busy. We're working. Yeah, trying we, to find we jobs have lives. Or, you know, whatever. <laughs> she has a life. I know. <laughs> but what we did do is the night right after, we did record some audio. Mm-hmm. So we're going to insert that into this podcast for you guys. Um, and we do have some guests on that recording. One of our good friends and my husband are both on that recording so you'll hear both of their voices as well Mm -hmm. so you get the inside our direct reactions after seeing the black panther yeah i also tried to record some of the clapping right after so we'll see if that makes its way into the podcast if it sounds good Mm -hmm. uh so yeah stay tuned and enjoy Without worrying about unifying with everybody else, for yeah. like, can yeah. it not be about everybody else? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost seemed like a colorblind thing to me. Um, like, hey, we're all one people. It's gonna be, but a that's what cycle. It's just what people using their colorblind argument was like. Hey, your skin doesn't matter, but like your insides do, and I don't like colorblindness. But, um, but just so I, the speech kind of run me the wrong way at first. But I, as I'm thinking about it again, I'm like, oh, that might just be my own prejudices popping up and like coloring the speech. The speech in and of itself was fine. But how son Sandra fathers in this movie, like the relationship between fathers and sons, very, very really things that things that don't get seen a lot, like yeah, you see the effects of fatherlessness in like black American communities. Yeah, in like black media you see fatherlessness and the effects of it. But rarely do you get to see these tender moments of fathers and sons, like the reason why fatherlessness is so is such a gap is because of what it could feel like the tenderness between like the young Michael B. Jordan and his daddy and both both boys like losing their fathers and stuff like that. It was real good, and then like that shaping them as 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 men. That was good. I really liked how there was this huge concept of of respect and honor. Like, even though Mm. with some stuff I didn't agree with, like, how they, you know, initially didn't want to help anyone outside of Wakanda. But just the whole, I guess, kind of mindset of, like, this is what we're going to do and everyone agrees to it. And Mm. it's like there's no, um, like, power trip going on. You know, except for Killmonger. Yeah, but, but even that was still within the lines of honor. Right, right. Keep going straight. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Shoot, like an old girl pulled a spear out on her husband and he kneeled. She was a beast. Man. He submitted. Damn, Michelle! 
don't know. She was a beast. You know that's not her her name. I know that's not her name, but that's all I know her by because she was such a BA in Walking Dead. So I only know her as Michonne. I guess her name is Denai. Yeah, Denai? I was about to say Denai? I don't know I don't know how to Denai? pronounce it. It looks like Denai, but I don't know if that's correct. Yeah, she was killing it. Low key, I feel like the strongest point in the entire movie, like the most powerful points were the women's strength. Women! I or said anything. that, Sandra! Yeah. Yeah. The men's strength was cool, but the female yes. strength in the movie, they were the most unified out of everything. They mm-hmm. were. And mm-hmm. I saw that I saw that towards the end and I was like, yo, these <laughs> women are really out here. Like if the if, if the king of Wakanda can't depend on nobody else, mm-hmm. he can depend on these women around him. Like they're really uplifting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and uplifting the nation as a whole. Shouts out to black women mm-hmm. voting, yeah. politicizing stuff, making headway in the technology realms. Real talk. And like just standing up for what they think is right, like going with their their gut. Yeah, the Brainiac was a young black girl with, yes. with wit and yes. and, and humor. So funny. And humor. She was funny. funny. Like that was great. She wasn't like a little nerd like they always have <laughs> in some little laboratory. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't. It was, was like, like some black girl that came from the Southwest. What are those? You know and she did. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping uranium in boys' spines. Yes. Oh, oh vibranium, my bad. I just think Michael B. Jordan, his performance was like phenomenal. Yeah, he was wrong. He He was was key in this movie. He he brought sense to the Wakandans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Showed them some static too. I liked it. Just because you're Wakandan, Wakandan, whatever it is, don't change the color of your skin. Like you still, what I look like. You're still people. I'm so glad they touched on that. Like, that's a real thing between, you know, black folks and, and Africans. People, yeah, Africans. Like, I'm really glad they brought out those, those uh, yes. little conflicts and stuff. That's real. That's a conversation we need to have. No, honestly. Because uh, it's definitely no unity. Well, I'm not going to say no unity, but there's still some unifying that needs to be done. Because there's Cause, like uh, it's definitely a disconnect for sure. Yeah, disparities, disconnects. I loved um, two parts that made me almost cry was when I'm sorry. <laughs> I got when, when you were talking to his daddy. Yeah, when Michael B. Jordan's character Killmonger uh-huh. um, was oh. becoming Black Panther and he ended up talking with his father. Oh man. Um, and also. Uh, just his pure anger yeah when he came like to the wakandians um like me like his anger was like a reflection of certain parts of me that were like mad as well like the reason this is so bad is because you don't care because something happened like yeah you know what i mean like yeah like so bad like the forgotten child or the leftover child and like i'm remembering like all these poems i read like in my african-american lit class about uh, like this echoing voice of like, yeah, we get mad at white people a lot, but there's also some like anger towards like African, yes, Africa, yeah, for uh, leaving us as well because it's like that image of not not only like the white father abusing the child, but also the black mother uh, abandoning the child, yeah, and in some uh, like or uh, like in some earlier like black poetry that image kind of sprang up a lot um and and i see this like kind of echo in the conversation about 
Africans versus American blacks. Like, yeah. You, like, there's like, hey, there's solidarity when white people are around, but when we get to the house, <laughs> we're fighting in the house. Yeah. Um, and there's like, hey, man, why didn't you care about me? And like, hey, why aren't you like cultured or whatever? Like, why don't you have culture and honor? And it's like, well, I do, but it looks different because I've had to scrap. Um, so that was, so I think that's good that they, that I thought they did it really well yeah. to show the anger and to also kind of resolve it when um, T'Challa becomes Black Panther again and he talks to all the like past Wakandian leaders and said, you're wrong, you were all wrong for leaving them. And I was like, oh shoot. That was real. That was a I almost cried. Yeah. yeah, that was a serious part. Yeah. Like that whole like him just saying that felt like such justice to my black soul. Yeah. Um, Cause I was like, thank you, thank you for just saying that they were wrong and that you're like gonna change it. Cause that's to the, that's who he was, and so he did change it. He like bought all this stuff and was like, we're gonna, like the place where like we divided, where my, where our, where our parents before us like divided and fought. <coughs> we're gonna use this as a place to to rebuild again and be better than what we were. Yeah, and he, ditch the past. Yeah. You know what I found really ironic when he was talking, when um, T'Challa was talking to his father and his father was saying that, you know, the reason why they left um, young Killmonger was because he had to protect his people. And I was thinking like, that is that was your people. Like that was your, mm. that was your brother and your nephew. Like yeah. that's your people, but you chose. You, you just chose to be selfish and think about yourself, like your own family and like how that might affect your kingdom as king. Like, I was just That's like- why Michael B. Jordan was mad. Yeah, <laughs> his anger yeah. was definitely was justified. Definitely justified. I'm honestly, I'm just so ecstatic that the fact that the movie wasn't corny. Times like we have black movies where they have like leading black actors in the movie, some corny ass, yes. sorry to curse, but like some corny like story where somebody's a drug dealer in jail, uh -huh. uh, they're running from the police, or some old random stereotype. True enough, it's a Marvel film, we knew it was gonna be Black Panther, but like there wasn't like a power trip where we were stereotyped in a bad way. Yes. That's what I love. I love the fact that it was about honor and respect and like unifying and like fighting against the oppressor, but not some more corny, normalized way. The oppressor for them was like the people who uh, were without like the the vibranium, so they wanted to put that in the world and fight against the, the specific nations, yeah. as opposed to saying white people. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't. It just wasn't corny. I love that fact. I love the fact about that. That was, that was dope to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they sent a beautiful message message around the world, y'all. Like this they really movie, do. they really do. Is a movie. Get on. Like I'm just, I don't, I'm speechless. You know, you know yeah. what I also <laughs> liked is how within the kingdom, you know, there was five tribes, and there was unity mostly amongst you know the main four tribes but you know there was that one that stood out and to me it painted a bigger picture of how all black people are not alike you know yeah, like we're not we, we can disagree you know we 
we have differences of opinions and like one person is not the spokesperson for all black people you know like i thought that was very realistic and they did a good, good job with that yeah also like <clears throat> on on like the diversity of black people and black opinions and things i thought it was conversely interesting that all white people had like minor roles like, <laughs> the, the, in reverse because usually you see like black like file worker <laughs> in the back right um, or like black police officer walking by in like the showroom or something like that or black security guard gets shot um but it's like uh white people were now like the the background or like the environment um in certain instances but but that was only like for a split second in moments and then it goes back to this really rich world of color and diversity again sometime after we saw the movie I was listening to this interview with the director Ryan Coogler Ryan Coogler um, on Hot 97 with Ebro and he was talking about his experiences leading up to Black Panther and um, kind of his like his time in Africa he went to Africa before the movie because um, he said he was like I'm gonna do this I have to visit Africa which makes perfect sense yeah, he had never really been before 
Um, if you don't know, Ryan Kluger was uh, raised in o- Oakland, California. Um, Shouts out to Oakland and moving. <laughs> if you ever hear him talk, this brother sounds like super black. Like, yeah, Ryan I love it. Sounds so he's so <laughs> West Coast. Like, it, it, I, I love it. I love it to the core of me because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if he was gonna. He didn't code switch for nobody. No, no, not, not at a all. not a person. I said, Ryan, <laughs> yeah. you are who we always dreamed of. Yes. you are the future of black excellence yeah and i'm so glad that he's so authentically black and like he made such a powerful film but one thing that he said powerful films. powerful because he did the street fruit veil yeah and creed. he did creed, creed by the way oh i really loves the creed um i'm a pseudo fan of rocky not super fan but yeah same here like but you know they got good things but you were saying in the interview yeah um, so he visited South Africa and he said he also visited, I want to say Kenya and I, there was another country. I don't remember what he said, but, um, there were some things that he noted that the question he posed was, what does it mean to be African? Right? So mm-hmm. for a lot of us who are African Americans, we kind of have this disconnect with our African roots, right? Yeah. And so, and that's a, a big thing that they played on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he posed this question, what does it mean to be African? And he said when he went to Africa, he noticed these things that he saw that he could relate back to how he grew up as a black man in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, some things were um, watermelon. So... So, okay, let's talk about this. So, you know, watermelon. Look, you're about to hit a, you're about to hit a nerve. Right on. Like, and it was so enlightening. I was like, so all these things that we think of that, like, people in America, like, non-black people want to stereotype us as, it's, like, just really part of our roots. So, with watermelon, you know, in America, people want to stereotype that as, like, um, it's just a thing that black people eat and they're, like, you know, you have to love watermelon if you black and... um and if you don't, then you're going to lose your black card, blah, blah, blah. But in where he went in Africa, he said that one woman said that they eat watermelon all the time. And it's supposed to be like a really good source of nutrients and it's supposed to strengthen you. And like they, they like, they swear by watermelon. And so <laughs> he was like, no wonder why like black people like watermelon. So for him, I'm gonna it, debate that. No, I'm gonna, I, would, I would debate hey, him on that. I want you to listen to this interview for real. But for him, it kind of like reaffirmed that I don't have to be ashamed because people want to stereotype it in America mm. when my people in in um, Africa are like legit, you know, chomping on some watermelon. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm chomping on this apple right like now. Like you chomping on this apple. <laughs> Is it good? It sounds. It's absolutely. It's like good. a perfect crispiness. It sounds. <laughs> Um, another thing he said was, you know, a, a lot of black neighborhoods in America, um, you see this a lot in the North and, uh, in like certain hoods in the South, but like people will just be sitting outside like on their porches mm-hmm. and a lot of times Some like, in my neighborhood are. yeah. And a lot of times, like if you hear non-white or non-black people, you know, they, they think that it shows Maybe your disparity or, you know, maybe you're poor, you're just sitting out on your porch. Um, and it, it kind of like they make it seem like when you drive past those neighborhoods and people are just sitting out on the porch that it looks unkept, you mm. know. 
But he said that they do that all the time. And that's a showcase of your wealth, actually, in Africa. Because when when people can see your family, they're like, oh, you're well off. Look at all of your beautiful family. Like, mm. look, they must be, you must be wealthy because you have, a lot of times, it's generations in one house. Yeah. And that's a very good thing, like, in Africa. And so he was like, you know, that that blew my mind. And it really made me proud. The last thing that I remember him saying was uh, how we do cookouts. That's like um, a traditional thing in Africa. So with them, they call it like, um, I don't know if you said the term ritual or tradition, but they have like these regular gatherings where people bring certain food and like they have this custom where the like elders eat first and and then the kids and then like um all the women are helping prepare the food and the young men are um helping to like playing spades <laughs> no seriously yeah like the young the young men are out like just like relaxed or whatever but like you know they have they're they're separated by different groups like the kids, the elderly, the women, mm-hmm. and he was like that just sounds like a cookout yeah. like to us <laughs> and like or fish fry you know a barbecue uh, yeah anything and so it was just like one by one these things that made him realize like wow like things that we've adopted as black culture here in America like it really is connected to our roots in Africa and for him he was saying that made him feel really proud and um, like as we were listening to it. I was just like, man, that's like, it's really cool. And so just for a moment, it kind of like narrowed that gap of like, you know, wondering. Distance. Yeah. Like, man, I really don't know where I'm from, like specifically in Africa, what tribe I'm from. Mm-hmm. But just hearing that, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and he advocated for getting um, like an ancestry ancestry test, but not just like Ancestry.com, but AfricanAncestry.com because yeah. it goes a step further than just saying what country you're from, but it'll say what tribe you're from. So, bro, I'm like, I'm really intrigued and I want to do it. It I ain't cheap. It ain't yeah. cheap. None of them are. Well, but, yeah. like, I really want to do that. But I guess that. if you're going to invest in one, invest in that one. Exactly. Or, I guess it's not investing. Just spend your money there. Yeah, exactly. So, I just thought it was really, really dope. And y'all should check it out. The interview with Ryan Coogler with Hot 97. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts? No, man. You wrapped it up. Like, the movie was great. Definitely go see it. I saw it three times. Really? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I need to see it again. I saw it definitely three times. I've been talking about it like all weeks, weeks, like the multiple weeks since it came out. Um, it's still a good movie. There's still nuances and things to talk about. Um, so whatever, like if you have the opportunity to see it on the big screen, please go see it on the big screen. I know my family is going to buy the DVD. We already... I've already had a discussion with my mama. She said, yeah, we're going to buy it. I know my granny's going to like it. She doesn't usually like, I think it's a movie for the whole family because my my granny, she doesn't usually um, go for the the young superhero stuff now. She usually falls asleep in that stuff (laughs) and doesn't know what's going on because everybody's either whispering or they talking too loud. So she doesn't know what's going on. (laughs) But um, uh, I think she's really going to enjoy this movie. I think like even my nieces as young as they are will enjoy it too and just have a good opportunity to look at babies yeah little big head babies (laughs) gonna have a good opportunity just to i don't know just have fun and just see part part of their family um 
like up on the screen and just see something really cool um, and give them just like more opportunities and stuff to think outside the box. Because um, as humans, we're not as creative as, as we think we are. We always wait for somebody to do it. That's true. And then we step out. So mm -hmm. it's awesome to have this whole new avenue like open for us. I say new, but it's been attempted before in the past, but I think this has been extremely successful. Yeah. Yeah. For multiple, multiple reasons and timing. Yeah. yeah, timing is everything. Timing. Yeah. yeah. But that's it. Well, cool. Um, we'll be back with you guys with another podcast real soon. Uh, stay with us. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Okay.